recording. We are recording, yeah. Uh, Twenty-three you... seconds of electric podcast. <laughs> that Chris conversation we had last night was good. <laughs> I uh, I've been doing a bit of research today on the crisps. All right, so after last night, you you've sort of backtracked. Absolutely. Um, for anyone who wasn't there last night, which is which everybody. is everybody. Um, I said that our selection of crisp flavours in the UK is um, is rubbish compared to America and or China slash Japan. But I reckon we're pretty much the Ballon d'Or of of the crisp game in the world. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of research, and crisp companies obviously tailor their flavours to who they are selling to so you'll get a load of um like seaweed squid flavor over in japan and china and stuff um america cheeseburger hot dog um uh all kinds of rubbish they'll feed them won't they um and with us we get things like um smoky bacon or roast beef or or things like that and um uh, you were right, actually. I, I'm, this is not easy to say. You were bang on. We have um, way more flavours than the other countries. Way more. This feels like it's consumed you since last night. I just, I just wouldn't say no to a seaweed walkers every now and then. Do you know what I mean? I wonder what a seaweed crisp tastes like. I'd imagine it's like actual sheets of seaweed. You know, like pretty crispy and much just, of nothing really. Why not just deep fry seaweed? Um, that is also a thing. I guess that is the Chinese crisp. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, you were right. Well done. What other countries would you get flavours like Worcestershire sauce, cheese and onion? But can you imagine a lasagna flavour in Italy? Or a um, you know, you know kangaroo flavour in Australia? At Christmas, my mum brought out a big share of bag of crisps, like, like you do. Get, get, you just go through crisps at Christmas, Christmas, don't you? I call it Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she uh, brought a bag and said, oh, what flavour is that? Roast potato. Sorry? Yeah. Roast potato crisps. That must have been a, a lazy sort of day at Walker's, wasn't it? We need a new flavour. Well, let's just not bother putting any flavour on and get them through. Yeah. Roast potato. And, and your thoughts on the roast potato crisp? Tasted like roast beef interesting very interesting that is cutting edge do you know what maybe one week we should do sort of a blind taste test on crisps can you imagine the sound it would be in people's ears of us just munching on crisps what's your thoughts on chardonnay flavor just before we finish your crisp chat i actually quite like it because it gives you a little bit of a fizziness in your mouth interesting Mm. interesting was it chardonnay and i can't remember what the flavor was now um yeah, it was like uh, Walker's sensations, wasn't it? And it was a sensation, an absolute taste sensation. Um, we've got crisps out as we speak. Uh-huh. Is this a party, or is it a work meeting? Uh, no, someone got cheese. We need cheese. Yeah, and wine. I think, I think that's the criteria: cheese and wine. Cheese and wine. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been a bit blurry. I'm not quite sure what a party is and what a work meeting is anymore. Um, Johnson sent all his assistants out, didn't he, to get all the uh, the wine. And they brought it back through into number 10 in a suitcase. And it got me thinking about the FA Cup. Oh, yeah. And it got me thinking about the um, the non-league sides. When they win a game, there was a, a shot 
Um, I think it was Marine. Yeah. And it was the keeper for Marine, and he went out to Tesco Express in full kit and came back with a load of crates. Do you think that's similar to what was happening down at number 10? Uh, only this, it's wine. Pretty much, but it suggests that because they've gone in suitcases, clearly... They know it was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the suitcase is, is your standard smuggler's vessel, right? Or, or maybe a suitcase is a Tory bag for life. <laughs> maybe no matter where they go, they shop with a suitcase. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm all, all done with it. I'm done with it, mate. It Was it a part? Why are they partying? Well, that's not fair. It's not fair. We weren't. Much. Welcome to another therapy session of Brizzle Kicks. I'm Coops and that is... Patrick. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. It's, that's different. We've never done that before. Yeah, I thought it's mixed up a little bit. All right. Fair enough. So the, the thing taking over the news in the football world this week is COVID cancellations. Yeah, the old pesky, pesky COVID. Oh, we didn't see it coming. <laughs> No, no, it's come out of the blue this time again. But uh, it feels like, and it's not like Premier League teams to do this, is it? But it feels like they're taking the piss a bit. Very much so, mate. Once Very again. much so, yeah. Um, 20 postponements. 20 over, over. over top flight, top 20 top flight postponements. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over the, the last weekend, 33 players tested positive out of 13,600 tests at the weekend and still games were cancelled. So to give you an idea, Premier League rules state that teams must have a minimum of 13 outfield players and one goalkeeper for Which the I game don't game. like. I don't like. What's good is a goalkeeper. Get rid of him, get a player in. Let's make this proper interesting. I don't like the old goalkeeper rule. We wouldn't... if. If on a Saturday you had 12 blokes and not one of them was a goalkeeper, you'd still play the game, wouldn't you? You'd never go, oh, we haven't got a keeper. You'd give it to your left back or your worst, your fattest player and you'd say, standing goal, mate, and have a do your best. Or you get the hose out and flood the pitch. <laughs> I mean, all that, all that. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever been the person to go in goal? I've been in goal, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mainly because I'm too unfit to play outfield now so I kind of choose to go and go every now and then um, it's rubbish people people enjoy it yeah they're nutters mate and they were dropped on the head as a baby um, yeah yeah I think we get rid of the, the goalkeeper rule um, but uh, Southampton manager Hazel Hasen how do you say it Hasen Hasen Hootel oh good German yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Hasen Hootel says there needs to be more transparency because clearly uh, teams are not being informed of why games are being called off when clearly uh, there isn't enough players testing negative for COVID. Yeah. Um, so players are, teams, sorry, are throwing in injuries. They're even using players aware AFCRON as an excuse. Yeah, that's not fair at all. That's never happened before. Why? Because now we've got a bit of COVID, you can call games are yeah and it's setting a precedent really for for the league and you know teams like Burnley down the bottom yeah they don't have players at AFCON um, 
historically, Sean Dyche would not ever have a transfer of an African player. Yeah. Now, Burnley this season, famously, famously, they had every every English player in their every player in their squad was English. Well recovered. Um, the Deutsch, <laughs> the Deutsch way, the Deutsch way. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, lots of pundits are coming out this week. Uh, you know, when, when there's a key topic, all the pundits like to get involved. And Ali McCoist is also saying, you know, teams are including injuries in this as well. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just the complete abuse of the covid rules um and then you've got the fact that if a team again gets called off because of these injured players or players are around away at afcon the game gets rearranged in a month's time you've got those players back yeah yeah the argument um i've heard as well is that should um should the players they've had back should the injured players be allowed to play should the people away at AFCON be allowed to come and rejoin the squad for that game because there is an unfair advantage uh, and I do think something needs to be done um, quite soon you mentioned Burnley Burnley's game has been called off uh, against Watford um, Burnley played an under 23s match last night um, and fielded a squad of 16 um, what's all that about but yes yeah, but surely if you've got players playing under 23 you just bring him through you can't see under 23 league you know there's not this many games being caught off in the EFL now so how can it be happening in the Premier League where you know these players are effectively in an enclosed environment unless you're Leicester City going to Ali Pali then uh, you know they, 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 they have to play these games and Arsenal case in point yeah played away at Liverpool in the EFL Cup on, on Thursday night they fielded a I'd say Premier League quality starting eleven. Maybe they had a couple a youth player in centre midfield. They'd and, thrash Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, comfortably, um, like everybody. Um, but they had a, a strong outfield eleven to compete in Premier League, um, and then they named nine subs, and then less than forty hours later. They're applying to the Premier League for their game against Tottenham to be called off on Sunday. You've got to wonder what goes on at the training ground. Yeah, it's all a bit close down there, isn't it? <laughs> it is Arsenal. Isn't it, it is Arsenal. It is Arsenal. No, and, and do you know what? It's not. It's not the teams and it's not the fixtures I care about. I couldn't care less whether the Premier League fixtures are played or not. It's the fans, isn't it? It's the fans. People are making travel arrangements, hotels, transport. You know, you might have a, an old mate who lives up in Newcastle, you're a Bournemouth fan, and you go, I can't wait to see him this weekend. You get up there, um, and it's all cooled off, or you don't even get up there. You know what I mean? There's ne never any consideration for the people who actually um, spend their money on, on you know, hard-earned money on, on this. It's all, it's all, um, it all needs to be regulated, and it all needs to be looked at, I think. Pretty sharpish, otherwise we're in for... Well, a hell of a uh, end of season, aren't we? With everyone cramming in the fixtures. It's going to be like Bristol Suburban League yeah. on the Thursday night. <laughs> like we... Back to back fixtures. Yeah, double headers. Bring yeah. them into the Prem, I think. However, you, you talk about the fans, but it, it it couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of people, football tourists. <laughs> Could it? Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. Football fans travelling away from their local team to watch Premier League football. Serves you right. Djokovic is still in the news this week. Oh, he just keeps coming back, doesn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. like you, you hit it over the net and it comes back. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Serbian leader this week, there's obviously been a bit of beef going on now between Serbia and Australia. 
uh, a war of words. Uh, yeah, but Serbia's leader has denounced Australia's treatment of Djokovic as Orwellian. Yeah. Uh, had to word of the day. Yeah. Maybe we should start introducing the word of the day on this podcast. But yeah. Orwellian is an adjective describing a situation, idea, or societal condition that George Orwell identified as being destructive to the welfare of a free and open society. Have you ever read 1984? No, have you? It was written by George Orwell. Read 1984 and you won't need a... Uh, you won't need a... Um, yeah, a definition. It's interesting. It's all about control, state control. Yeah, is it, yeah. would you relate this to that? Uh... Nah, the bloke just didn't get a vaccine, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In fairness to him, he's hardly going around with, with sort of banners and he's not sort of ripping people's masks off and he's not outwardly like it. But Australia's rules, mate, play by the rules. You know what I mean? Everyone else manage it. Why have you got to be different? Exactly. Uh, I agree with that. But he has been... It's, it's, it's like going on a date with a girl and then her, her not telling up and then being like, oh, let's rearrange. And again, not turning up. He's kind of, he's been given that little ray of hope over and over again. Yeah. And then it's just like being whipped away from him. It's like they're teasing him a little bit. Like, yeah. Here's a visa. No, it's gone. Here's yeah. a visa. No, it's gone. Yeah. Um, Serbia have obviously come out and said they welcome Novak back with open arms. Yeah. Unvaccinated arms. Yeah. Uh, but not being funny, they're hardly going to sort of turn him away are they He's... Serbia aren't known for much are they so Djokovic is a good old export for yeah. them what was their next one down Mitrovic yeah yeah which the less said about him the better uh, it's a bit like an angry parent really isn't it protecting their child yeah yeah You, oh, we'll have him back then fine <laughs> yeah yeah bless him um, but yeah you know he's not vocal about it is he no so um, the final straw was he got called a threat to public health in Australia which feels a bit harsh yeah, he's not, he's not going around with sort of a sort of headband saying "Don't get vaccinated." I've met a few Australians, and they're much more of a threat to public health than what Djokovic would have been. Exactly, and uh, let's be honest, Australia is ninety-two percent. It's the most vaccinated country on the planet. That appears to be because you cannot do anything without a vaccine. Honestly, um, yeah. Well, there's obviously been track record of people being banned. Yeah, Skepta. Oh, yeah. What was he banned for? Well, he punched a man in a Melbourne nightclub. He got banned from Australia. Yeah. Not not quite the same as uh, not being vaccinated. <laughs> no, true, true. David Icke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was um, a bit more serious, wasn't it? We denied the Holocaust, didn't he? Okay. Um, you can kind of sort of get that one. Yeah, yeah. And he was banned, obviously, just for his comments on that. Yeah. Um, so we can stick Djokovic into that... Uh, into that pool, can we? Skepta, David Icke and Djokovic. Yeah. Do you know what? There's a missed opportunity here by the England cricket team. What's the opportunity? When they were sort of two tests down in the series. Yeah. They should have just gone out. Oh, oh shit, we forgot to vaccinate our team. There's, can we unvaccinate people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all unvaccinated. It never would have been done before. Despite, uh, obviously, COVID getting in the way of lots of sport, it hasn't got in the way of AFCON. Have you been watching it? Uh, parts, mate, yeah. Bits bits and pieces, stuff on social media, things like that. Do you know, because I work from home a lot, I tried to put it on the background. Yeah. Uh, 
but they've got those vuvuzelas going on. I thought, I thought we'd seen the back of them. Yeah, I thought they were done, but obviously the Africans love them. 2022 Africa yeah. is uh, sort of bringing back the vuvuzela. What a time that was. That was 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I had one of them. Do you know what? My fondest memory of that tournament is Shabalala. Shabalala's goal in the opening. That's when it peaked for me. That way. <laughs> yeah, I best sort of left that. There's a co- the commentary, yeah. the goal, the dance. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was good old fashioned African football. And you know what? AFCON 2021. Um, is it is it AFCON 2021 or AFCON 2022? I'm, oh, it's like Euros, isn't it? Because it was meant to be last year. Yeah, they think, I'm pretty sure they've sort of passed it on. Couldn't afford the 2022 funding. A bit like so UEFA, though. A bit like UEFA. And they've decided, you know what? We'll just keep it as it is and we'll just stick it a year ahead. So, yeah, I'm going to call it AFCON 2021. Um, yeah, there's been some absolute gems, hasn't there? It is a beautiful tournament. It this, is. It really is. It's like how you would you would imagine if you just kind of got dropped into the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, and, and sort of the varying level of mixing sort of suburban league players. Yeah with Premier League footballers and then just letting them go. The the golf in countries in Africa for fun football funding is so big that there is no, there are some of the some of the teams are, are having absolute stinkers to be honest. Well it's not even that, even the golf in some of the starting elevens. Very true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got Premier League players playing in the centre midfield with an electrician. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. There has been some standout moments. Uh yeah, it got off to an absolute flyer as well. Um, basically, Zambian referee Yanni Sakazwi ended the match between Mali and Tunisia in the 85th minute, so ended it five minutes early. Uh, he then realised that he'd ended it five minutes early. Obviously, everyone was sort of questioning it. Kick him right off. So he did the right thing, got the game back underway, yeah, played, right, it, so, played it through. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah. Let me continue. Yeah. Exactly. And then blew up in the 89th minute. <laughs> uh, you know, I think he's done that on purpose. So he's played no injury time. Yeah. Uh, despite there were two highly controversial penalties. Yeah. Um, a debatable red card, so that should automatically add injury time. Yeah. Bali won the, ended up winning the game 1-0. So you can kind of understand Tunisia's sort of... Angry. Grievance. Yeah, grievance yeah, of towards it. Yeah. Um, and then you can understand it even more when you read more into it. Yeah. And old mate Yanni has been suspended previously regarding corruption. Yeah. There's So the refs make mistakes. I, I really understand that. Yeah. The time doesn't make mistakes. There's no way you can possibly get the time wrong. What would, did he maybe set his watch in the tunnel? No, Maybe he likes to time himself in the tunnel, but but the... I, I've played in games where the referee's blown up in eighty minutes. But that is amateur Bristol Park level, and most of them it's raining. He wants to get home because his wife's got a spag bowl on the table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that. exactly. This guy, he's being he being paid professional football yeah. here. This is like a, one of the biggest national tournaments in the world. Um, yeah, he's grown, he's blown up early. However, the CAF uh, Confederation African Football came in. And then tried to restart the game because obviously Tunisia, the game wasn't complete. No. Uh, it took them 40, 40 minutes to sort of get the, get it all sort of organised and back out. Yeah. Uh, knocked on the Tunisia dressing room and they basically just arrived. <laughs> yeah, mate, well, <laughs> game's done. We've lost. Let's go back to the training pitch. Have a quick shower, lads, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, mm. job's done. Um, we've all been there, though. One nil loss. 
against Malawi, you'd want to be out of there quick, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you'd be right to the GFA, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd be straight on the letter then, straight to the CFA. But um, it doesn't yeah. stop giving there, does it? No, no, the game gets even better. Um, golf buggy is what they use to take the injured players off the pitch. Which is surprising because I'm not saying AFCON is the sort of pinnacle or not of football, but they don't use buggies in any of the top leagues in the, in, in Europe. No, no, it's mainly just this kind of stretcher and you get them off nice and quick because uh, it obviously lends itself to accidents uh, as the buggy um, basically drove into the player on the pitch and seems <laughs> waiting for treatment. Uh, he gets a nice bonnet in from... <laughs> he gets a snapped ACL and a bonnet in from the, uh, from the buggy. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what who put in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, well... He's got one job, that buggy. I imagine that's his only job, is to drive the buggy, because the paramedics or, or the first aiders will probably do the... The medical assistance. His All job, he has to do is drive the buggy. Yeah, and then park it next to the player. I don't even know why I was reversing into the player. Or you just sort of drive just around. Just drive up, make sure everything's all right, get him on and get him off. But Sit no, there, wait for the call to go again. It's not a three-point turn, is it? It's literally no. just sort of park up. Um, interestingly, he does actually drive the monorail around the stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and randomly, I was, watching a, I was watching Sierra Leone the other day and Stephen Colker pops up. Yeah, Colker, mate. He's on fire for him yeah he had that one friendly England then obviously wrote to Sierra Leone and thought this is not me I'd much rather be being shipped off the pitch for all my injuries on a golf buggy and he's gone for the African uh, nation of Sierra Leone absolutely fantastic tournament much more entertaining than watching the Premier League much much more entertaining and it is also solved on entertaining pieces as well Um, Malawi and Cape Verde they've got exactly the same points four points um, in the, in obviously the groups, the the CAF regulations. If nothing separates them, they just put them into a pot and draw them out. Is that fair? What? So like, no, they don't go for goals faced. Or... There's no goals. If they they are literally neck and neck, the only way they will decide between them is pick them out of a pot, like the FA Cup draw, but well, just that, two teams. That's gonna be fixed, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's hope the old ref ain't involved in that one. But uh, on some positive news on it, uh, yeah, Rwandan Salima Mukunsanga was the first woman to referee an Afghan game this week. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Progressive. Progressive. Big fans. Big fans. And uh, who are you going for in the tournament? Um, Ivory Coast. Yeah. Well, they're just they're they're my um, African team. Yeah. 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 Only because of FIFA. I think it was 09. Oh yeah. Yeah, with Jovino and Dumbia. Um, uh, yeah, just pace. So my, mine's Ghana. Interesting. Well, I had a Ghana shirt once. As it stands, um, they've got more red cards than goals in the tournament. Still early for the Black Stars. The Black Stars, yeah, yeah. You can take your Ghana shirt off now. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ghana and Ivory Coast. Let's hope it's the final. Mm. I'm apprehensive to make a bet because Ghana are literally on the verge of going out as we're watching it. But <laughs> we should have done this beginning of the tournament. Whoever gets further, yeah, maybe we could, maybe do round of round of sixteen. Yeah, we, we we'll pick it. Um, we'll pick a team in the, from the round of sixteen. We'll put it on Twitter. And we, yeah, absolutely. At Bristol Kicks. Pod. What's all 
this about Bristol City getting a points deduction then? I'd just like to say this has been blown completely out of proportion and I knew you'd pick this up. Uh, yeah, well, to be honest, when I saw this come through on Twitter, it was like a fly to light. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can understand why a simpleton like you cannot read between the lines. Um, basically, what he was saying was, um, obviously, we've... Uh, we spoke about this on another podcast about uh, on a previous podcast about how the losses have come in, loss of revenue. Uh, so they were now to thirty eight million pounds loss basically. Uh, but Richard Gold has come out in the press, um, and he's basically, if you read between the lines, it's almost a, a sort of plea to the EFL just to um, to have a look into how. Um, how the FFP rules and the financial regulations are actually operating in this current climate, basically. Um, We are one of a number of clubs who are in quite a substantial loss this season or this tax year. Um, uh, Yeah, and he's basically, basically saying, you know, if he was offered... The, the, or if, if there was a choice between selling all our players and um, choosing a points deduction, then he would choose the points deduction because he wouldn't want to let go of our prize assets for, let's be honest, it would be peanuts at the time because they know we're struggling so much. So he's really just covering his own his own back. And also, it's almost a rally call to the other teams in the Championship that are, that are sort of floating around us in that kind of financial um, area, really. Do you know what? I, I saw this come up on Twitter. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, 1982 is happening again. Right, yeah. And uh, as I was thinking, the first question was... Who would rip their contracts out? Can I, <laughs> no, Imagine that. Do you reckon anybody would do that this time around? Uh, uh, no. I was wondering whether a football club is allowed to go bust twice. Um, but then I looked into it, and actually, you sort of understand this a little bit because... Um, looking at Bristol City's transfer history. Yeah. Um whilst my browser was on incognito. Yeah, typical gasser, mate. Um obsessed. Uh you know, that is a massive part of of their business model. They've made an absolute fortune on um player transfers in the last 4 years. And you've got to question, you know, where that money may have been spent, uh, sort of wasting money on getting one over on their rivals of purchases like Matty Taylor. That was peanuts, mate. Um, that was Joe Bryan's left boot. <laughs> um, but it clearly, that sort of transfer policy is, is clearly quite um, a big part of City's business model. And he they do call it City's policy of player trading. Um, yeah. So there's a big gap in, the, in, in their income during the pandemic because obviously the market wasn't open. And when the market has been open, teams haven't had that disposable cash to spend uh to keep sort of that money coming in to balance the books and 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 potential and that is why bristol city uh could be in breach of financial fair play yeah um so one argument you've got to say you know that fair enough you know that is that their business model is to sell players on a profit um but the other bit is they're still operating as 123 percent turnover for their wages um so you got to say that you know this has been coming yeah and i i I wouldn't i'd say i'd say there's lots of that's why i think the reform needs to come in 
I, I agree with what you're saying. But they, they are arguing, and this is not just Bristol City, this is a lot of Championship clubs arguing for the reform of financial fair play in the Championship. Absolutely. Um, but... As you say, it's not sustainable. But how can you... Surely if you're going to reform financial fair play, you're going to make it tighter because the amount of championship clubs operating at a higher profit or a higher wage bill to their turnover is mental. It is mental. That's an awful business model. And like Bristol City, to keep up with that turnover, they have to sell their players. So how are they ever going to... Get any higher than the championship. And that's exactly the um, frustration. And that's exactly the problem with... Uh, that's exactly where the frustration comes from, from, from the fans, really. Because all they see is us selling players, getting rid of our best talent. Try, but that is fundamental to the way that that business is run. So, so the... the you know, you, you think about some of the players we let go of and where they're playing now and what they're doing and pushing for promotions and they all seem to be doing much better than what they were doing at Bristol City, right? Um, so that's where that frustration comes from is we have to sell them because otherwise that business does not work and we breach the guidelines. Now, the argument, and I actually stand by it, although it goes against Bristol City, absolutely it needs to be tighter. No one's wages should be above their turnover, no, it's doesn't. There's no other industry in the world where you'd get away with that. But the problem arises, and we spoke about this what, two podcasts ago with the fan-led review, is that you know you're the next league down from the Premier League, and you're trying to compete for a place in the Premier League. Obviously, you're not very close to it right now for various reasons, but you are trying to compete in in a league where teams are trying to go in the Premier League, and if teams above you are operating with parachute payments and uh, and unsustainably look at what Derby's happened to Derby yeah. uh, that you've got to try and keep up with them otherwise you're going to be stuck in that League 1 League 2 sort of bracket well exactly and that's where the reform needs to that's where that reform needs to go I think the EFL needs to work with the Premier League for once but the EFL that's never going to happen though is it the EFL and Premier League are never going to work together because Premier League see themselves as this high and mighty Entity. Entity. Untouchable. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. And that there, that will always be the gulf between between um, top eight championship teams and the Premier League. Mm. Uh, and until that changes, I don't think, I really don't think, unless you do a nice little Brentford or you, or you, you really have, you know, a bit of luck, I don't think you're ever going to compete with those teams. And I think Saturday really showed that. Exactly, and um, it, in a way, though the, biz, the business model Bristol City operate, it's only there's only so many times you can sort of recycle that because eventually you're going to end up with journeymen because you're not going to be you, every youth player you buy is not going to turn into some sort of golden nugget. So you've got players like Chris Martin up front. No, no, but then that's where the money, a lot and, of the and, money and, has and, been uh, spent. Ashley Brunt. Chris Brunt. Chris Brunt, sorry. <laughs> Ashley Williams. Yeah. Ashley Williams, Chris God, Brunt. What a player Ashley Brunt would be. Um, <laughs> I, no, played, right. I, I played football with Ashley Brunt when I was a kid. That's why it came to my head. Oh, okay. But yeah. Shout Chris, out to Ashley Brunt. Crush out to Ashley Brunt under, <laughs> under 15, Red Hill. Um, but a uh, good goalkeeper of mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's why you've got this weird concoction of players like Chris Brunt, Ashley Williams, Chris Martin, and then you know these talents like Masengo, 
Semenyo. I do think we've got another, at least another cohort of players to come through. The under-23s are, are sort of top two in that under-23 league. Um, they're playing well. Lots of them have obviously this season had a lot of first-team appearances. Um, the academy has been is being heavily invested in uh, and, and that's purely to keep up with that sort of turnover, exactly as you say. But does that bring success on the football pitch? It hasn't. The other thing though, if if you fluked a season and managed to get up, yeah, would be a fluke, no such thing. But yeah, the team you had in the Premier League would be disastrous. Yeah, absolutely. Which could be great to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll do a derby. All those City fans buying season tickets for the Premier League and seeing their team trounced every week—that'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I don't want to get there, mate. I love the Championship. One of those leagues that elude you as well. Uh, however, Derby County yeah. are absolutely flying. They really are, mate. A 21-point deduction. Doesn't that make you sort of a bit... I thought, well, what's going on? Like, Derby had barely any players for the first game of the season. And if, if, if they hadn't had the points deduction, they'd be 11th above City. Are you not thinking, like, what have we done wrong here? Uh, no, no, not at all. I think uh, there's one word, well, there could be two, I suppose, Wayne Rooney. He's at, I think he deserves all the credit for what he's doing down there. Uh, did you see his post-match interview on um, Saturday? Interview? I saw his team talk that Derby filmed and put on social media. That's quite Okay, good. saw the team talk. I saw it, yeah, saw the interview as well. He said it was the toughest day of his career, that one. He's completely out of out of. He's doing such a good job on the pitch. You just wish that he was backed. Um, Ashley's involved. Oh, like yeah. Ashley, he see, he, when he sees a deal, <laughs> he's rubbing his hands at there. The Sports Direct Pride Arena, or yeah. whatever he likes to call it. He's uh, getting foot closer to London, isn't he, <laughs> with his entities? Yeah, he's working his way down the country. Yeah, um, yeah look, Rooney's completely. Is actually doing a, an amazing job considering what he's being given. Um, and even if they do get relegated, I still think his CV will look pretty good. And I think he'll actually be looking a bit further up, maybe even Premier League. Do you know what? I think they'll do it. I'd like to see them do it. Even at the expense of Bristol City? No, absolutely not. When they were near them, I'm not even looking down there. What's going on down there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not bothered. I'm they're, not bothered. They're third in the form table. Yeah. And uh, like they've got players in their team which I thought had retired. Yeah, well, they had to get rid of Jaggy Elka. Yeah. He's gone to Stoke. I bet he was thinking, I'm going to Derby, I'll never get another transfer again. Yeah. yeah. He's off again. Uh, but they've got like Curtis Davies, Phil Jaggy, even uh, Ravel Morrison Ravel. seems to have a bit of a resurgence down there. No, he's doing absolute wonders. And to be honest with you, all the best to him. I genuinely want them to stay up. I do think they're going to be absolutely done by the EFL though and they'll go down anyway so it looks like Rooney's uh, hair transplant's going off again they probably need to top that up I don't know I saw the picture of him at Ashton Gate with his like back to everywhere he's got a, got a big ball patch on the back of his head yeah yeah we, you know you don't pay for the upkeep you just get it done once and hope for I th- the best I thought, I thought when you get it done that you're done for life really yeah yeah I, even even I mean if anyone's going to turn a hair transplant <laughs> bold it's going to be Wayne Rooney I suppose we should mention it we should definitely mention it yeah if you want mate the city's big day out to London yeah 
Yeah, good day out all round. Yeah. Um, I didn't go, obviously. <laughs> New Year's resolution, you got to stick to it. Yeah. I yeah, respect yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I didn't go. Uh, a few of my mates went down, they were on the boat. Um, and then some vicious rumour was that we lost 6-2 or something, which I thought was, was a bit mental, um, considering we were 2-1 up, so it's unlikely. Good second half. You were, what was it, 5-2 at half-time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mate. It's a, you know a one nil loss at half time is not the end of the world, is it? Mm. Um, yeah, uh, right. I'm gonna say it. I will say it. They are a Premier League club. Oh. Uh, they their wage bill is massive. Mitrovic playing for Fulham is actually a travesty. The bloke is an absolute powerhouse up front. Um, Joe Bryan wasn't even featured. Reed, I think, had 20 minutes at the end. Um, Kenny is an absolute player. Harry Wilson can't compete, mate. No, it's embarrassing. Is it though? It is. Yeah, just because they're top of the league. Are they even top of the league? Second. Second. Set. Who's top? West Brom. When do you play West Brom? That's going to be a disaster. I could be wrong there. <laughs> that shows. I don't look at the top of the league. Fulham, um, as it stands, are top of the league. Sorry, not West Brom. Fulham are top of the league as we speak. Um, Bournemouth second. Fulham are currently beating Birmingham 4-1. So in three games, the third game's not even finished, they've scored 7, 13, 17 goals. They're not a bad side, mate. Still. And I think they'll go up. I think it's embarrassing that City fans are sort of justifying a 6-2 loss. I think it's embarrassing that Rose fans are justifying a 2-0 win at Hartlepool, at home to Hartlepool. What do you mean? Like... Hartlepool United. Yeah. Non-league Hartlepool United. We'll get on to Rovers in a minute. All right. No, it's fair enough. I'll take it. I'll take it where it gone. Don't get me wrong, right? Embarrassing. 6-2 in the championship, not very good. That goes to show the golf exactly what we were saying earlier. I'm sorry. does. And I'll stand by that. Bearing in mind the week before we lost 1 0 on extra time to Fulham, um, we had a particularly bad. What's wrong in two weeks? uh, Particularly bad um, defence, to be honest. But there were some glimmers of hope for the City fans. Semenyo looked finally like a good striker for an afternoon. Two of his goals were so well taken, it was what we were waiting for off him. Hopefully he can just build on that and move forward. Uh, yeah. I bet you hope he hasn't wasted them. <laughs> he does normally get two a season. <laughs> this time it was in one game. We hope that he obviously carries that on. Um, now, we're just we're off the boil. We're inconsistent. Um, the defence, look, we've got one of the worst defence in, in the, the football league. Um, and I don't even know who is in your defence. Uh, I mean, he's still got Callas in there. He played Viner, who didn't have a particularly good game. Oh, he's a, um, that's an understatement, isn't it? Yeah. They throwed the silver out for the dogs and they're sort of trying to put him in the shop window. But they, yeah, it all, all looked going a little bit wrong, obviously, on Saturday. But I, I genuinely, you can't complain. It's Fulham. They're top of the league. I mean, you can, compl- you can complain. I can complain. Six goals. Yeah, you can complain about the six goals, but. Um, Five in 40, anyone who went there. Five in we forty-five were, minutes. Anyone who think thought we were going to go there and get a result is quite frankly deluded. You're the manager of a, of your team. Yes. You're five. You've conceded five goals in forty-five minutes. Do you hold your hands up and be good team? 
it's funny that because on Saturday I conceded five goals. <laughs> I conceded five goals in a very short space of time. And how? Um, and how we, uh, what was your reaction? Player they're, player they're, mistakes can't be me. They're in a higher league as well. Aren't they? they are. So yeah. So they're not even. Filton Athletic aren't even in the same league as you. No. Were you upset at conceding five goals? Very upset. Yeah. Exactly. And Fulham are in the same league as Bristol City. I've conceded two eight pro- in fairness, but <laughs> five goals in a short space. Of time. Two professional football teams. Yeah. And you've lost six two on your big day out. Yeah. Saturday was not a good day for me. Serious amount of goals shipped. I think um I think onwards and upwards and we'll batter Cardiff on Saturday. You reds. <laughs> well we'll come on to that in a minute. Just before we move on, have you heard it was quite frankly one of the worst stats ever for Yeah, what's that? So I don't know if this is gonna be City or Roma related. It's about Bristol City. Good. Within the data it covers more than 600 clubs. Right. Right? So it covers the biggest 31 leagues in Europe. Right. Bristol City are the bottom club for penalties awarded. Oh, God. Out of 600 teams, Bristol City have been awarded the least amount of penalties. Who do I blame for that? This. You need help. <laughs> is that not? Is that not? Thirty-one leagues in the whole of Europe. Bristol City have been awarded the least well, amount of. Penalties. When does this data go back to, though? This covers. And how many? When does it go back to? So um, that was from the start of the season. Oh, because I thought... You... No, collected since the start of the 2018-19 season. Oh, because I thought you were going to say sort of in all of history, and then, I was, and then but you've only started in 1982. Uh, very good. Uh, Change uh, the record. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you just don't attack enough. I think that might be right. And I think we don't get in the box enough. And that's my angle. That's what I was going to say. We're not good enough. How can... <laughs> we're just not good enough. <laughs> No, I just thought that was an interesting. Um, thought that was interesting, and the top four teams in that thing are all Greek. Famous. Something's going on there. Famous for their match fixing. So, um, so if it's if anything's to go by, Bristol City have not been fixing matches, or referees are not fixing. I bet. Fixing I bet when they release that stat, there's an awkward moment in the Greek league. Yeah. <laughs> they do it so blatantly. They wouldn't be awkward. Some of that football is, is outstanding. No, um, I think that just goes to show we don't get in the box enough. Yeah, probably. We're rubbish, Coops. Yeah. And I, I really don't know when our next win's going to come from. Can we talk about you lot? Yeah. Well, it feels like we're t- like... Like, it's like turning the Titanic, but we're slowly turning the corner, I think. Like the old um, Suez Canal blockage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the season's not done and dusted by the time that, that ship turns. But um, I, was, I was thinking of going on Saturday, but it's a bit cold, isn't it? Yes, yeah, freezing, mate. Absolutely Baltic. And, there ain't uh, much going on at the Mem either. You're pretty open yeah. to elements. Yeah, that's part of its beauty, though. 
as, as hence why we were ranked higher than Ashton Gate. Put it this way, right? If it's pissing down with rain and it's minus five degrees outside, I don't go camping. No. And you know what? When it gets... I reckon the cold in England is different to sort of cold anywhere else. It's, it's, it's just ruins your day. Does it? Like, when it gets cold, I find that even the most basic of tasks are impossible. Like... Get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Showering. Right. Uh I think that says more about you than the cold. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But uh So you didn't go? No. Because it was a bit cold. Yeah. Is that honestly the only reason you didn't go? I wasn't in Bristol either, so it was a bit of a journey. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh, and that I was quite thankful because apparently we were bloody awful. Really? Yeah. Okay, um what we why were you so bad? What's wrong? Uh, I was I was following it on Twitter like I normally do. Yeah, best way to watch Rovers. Yeah, and um, just you saw you saw the tweets coming through. Is this is the worst game of football I've ever watched? That sort of thing. Yeah, um, I mean it is League Two. Two poor sides. Two poor sides. Hartlepool have got the worst away form in League Two. Okay, so you were expected to win. Yeah, Rovers have got all their players back after uh, injuries inverted covers covid yeah, yeah. and uh, so we had we had a probably our strongest team we've played had in a while uh we've had our new superstar striker Ryan Loft and uh we scraped a 2-0 win uh for 87th minutes and 93rd minute and how many goals did Loft score uh, zero yeah uh superstar uh, and no red cards which is sort of a, an attribute to a successful day with Bristol Rovers now yeah yeah I saw a free kick Good, on it? Yeah, he, he's done it a couple of times, hasn't he? Anthony Evans, yeah. Anthony Evans, mm. yeah. He looks all right. He's only in a one-year contract, classic Rovers. Good-o. <laughs> so he'll be off in the, in the summer yeah. for a zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the big thing that came out of the weekend, mm-hmm. Joey Barton no longer looks like Joe Pasquale. Okay. Did he look like Joe Pasquale? Glasses? Glasses, long hair. What's he done? What's he sh- Barton done? He shaved his head. He- Do you know what? He looks like peak Joey Barton from 2012. You know the, the Man City QPR game? Yeah, 2012 Barton. Yeah, 2012 Barton is back. Oh, Christ. And he means business, that means. Lock up your wives. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's got the skinhead back. Yeah. Uh, he still wears that weird hat that he wears. It. It's like stuck to his head. Is he balding? Is that what it is? I thought I saw a little mark in front of his head. Right. Um, but, you know, he looks pretty scary again now. Okay. Yeah, um, he, he looks, he's got a bit, had a bit of a soft touch about him last time I saw him. Yeah, the, the hair was getting quite long. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was he was getting sort of uh, memed as Joe Pasquale and Joey Barton. And maybe just thought I've had enough of this now. Yeah, yeah, I'm back to being Barton. Yeah. Someone uh, give me a cigar. <laughs> So, uh, good win, 2-0. Uh, and then we're off to Swindon on Saturday. The big Swindon. Uh, yeah, well, I know you're going because I'm sort of looking at the ticket. Yeah, yeah. I had a, had a sort of a... Rush of blood. Rush of blood to the head on on Saturday when I saw tickets were selling fast and I thought, just down the road. That's mental you've done that. If anything, it would be a good day out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Swindon's always a lovely place to go. Yeah. Do you know what? I uh, I actually thought... I thought I'd invite 
sort of uh, my girlfriend today. Let's give her experience of Rovers. You're joking. No. And then the response was, I'm not spending my Saturday in Swindon. And which, rightly so. Which, which has, you were going to take, sorry, <laughs> can I just take a second? You were going to take your missus to Swindon Bristol Rovers away? Yeah. Jesus Christ. She doesn't deserve you, mate. But you know, well, it's better than going to the Mem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I suppose at the two grounds. Have a bit of Irene's Kitchen on a Saturday. Yeah. That's, um... Well, obviously she's the sensible one because she said no. So fair play to her. Yeah. And you'll uh, still be there. Yeah, I'll still be there. Um, but it's a double derby weekender this this weekend. This is obviously going to go out after the derby. So there's no point talking about what will happen. Why uh, not? I can tell you what will happen. Yeah. We will lose 1-0. Aidan Flint will score in the last minute. He will go running up to the south stand with his ears out. Someone will throw a bottle at him, knock him clean out. He'll be asleep on the pitch. Um, and we would have lost 1-0 in the last minute, thanks to an Aidan Flint header. Uh, and Zach Viner would have got sent off. There we are. That would be amazing if that happens. I'll be gutted because I'm not going to bet on that. Yeah. You know, Bristol City are pretty much Cardiff's feeder club. So, do you, do you consider them a rival or just? They're more of a rival than what Bristol Rovers are. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They're more of a league rival. We have uh, obviously we just have more meetings with them. We don't really know what you're up to down there, um, down in the sort of minnows of League Two. So we need someone to hate, and Cardiff are a good lot to hate. Um, different country. They're Welsh. Uh, I don't have to walk into some of the pubs and see many Cardiff fans, if any at all. Um, it's quite nice. It's quite nice to have a rival that um, we play regularly as well. Um, and it is nice that they buy all our players for inflated prices who then go there and have absolute shockers. Uh, so, yeah, they're absolutely... What about Swindon? What's your thoughts on Swindon? Um, so, we've got a bit of a... Swind- so, we've got Brett Pittman, who's a 33-year-old Swindon hand-me-down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he might have something to prove. Ben Garner, obviously, Rovers reject. Uh, everyone would blamed him for what happened. It turns out... Bit of a mistake. Yeah, it turns out maybe someone else is going on there because uh, Swindon are fifth in the league and they didn't have a, they basically didn't have a start on 11 before the first game of the season. So yeah, he's, he's done, done all right. He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Do you regret the Garner um, out comments you were making? Did I make Garner out comments? I want you to speak on behalf of the whole Rovers fan base now. Do you I, think you're full of regret? I, I will never speak on behalf of the Rovers fan base because I have a very different opinion to a lot of them. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, something clearly wasn't right there. Um, but, you know, I think we will win on Saturday. Can you give any more prediction? I don't want to win. I don't want to score. I want you to... what What is going to happen on Saturday that is out there? I can guarantee there'll be a red card. Okay. Because uh, it's going to be, the away end is going to be full, and that's a pretty big away end at Swindon. Yeah, you've got, you've yeah. got the bit in the corner, you've got the bit behind the goal. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to rain. It absolutely will. Uh, and I'm in that end, so that's going to mean I'm going to get wet. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you can see, it's going to maybe the game Jerry Barton gets sent off. It's going to be fiery because... He had a lot to say about Garner, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did. Uh, Criticising the coaching methods of uh, Ben Garner and uh, Paul Tisdale. Rumour has it Swindon are installing a tunnel cam 
as we speak. <laughs> Paul, Dis- Paul Tisdale is now employed in League One. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not League Two, sorry. And uh, Ben Garner is fifth in League Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but trust the process. Um, so, yeah, it will rain. There'll be red cards. Um, and there's probably going to be something going on outside the, outside the ground afterwards, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, because Swindon get a bit excited when a Bristol club comes down there because they don't really have a proper rival. I think they're just happy to see people with all their fingers. <laughs> so that is the end of another episode. Three in a row. Yeah, that is three released every other Monday without fail. We're on a roll. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, but yeah, thank you all, obviously, for listening. We've set up an email address for people to get in touch, really, with the podcast. Um, sort of send in emails, funny funny ideas, things like that. Do you know what I want? Yeah. We've got a regular listener in Frankfurt. Yeah. I want you to get in touch. The and, guy- and just let us know. What makes you listen to Brizzle Kicks in Frankfurt? Yeah. Yeah, get in touch if you're from Frankfurt. That is purely why we've set this email address up. That makes um, it sound a bit weird, doesn't it? It's a bit weird. <laughs> we set an email up for some just for some guy some in Frankfurt or girl or girl. in Frankfurt to contact us. Yeah, well, if you are from Frankfurt, let us know. But also from other places around the, the, the yeah, world. right. Not strictly Frankfurt. I think we're, oh yeah, um, yeah. Get in touch. Uh, it's brizzlekickspod at gmail dot com, um, and we'll be looking at that and we're reading a few of them out. Um, on the next podcast uh, you happy with that? yeah I'm happy with that yeah are we done? we're done and well, next time we speak we'll know who's won Double Derby Weekender and who's won our AFCON bet and it'll be me with the mighty mighty Ivory Coast ciao how do Ivory Coastians say goodbye goodbye